This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Tonight, we delve into the darker side of radio drama by visiting the show Lights Out, an American old-time radio program devoted mostly to horror and the supernatural. Created by Willis Cooper and then eventually taken over by Arch Hobler, versions of Lights Out aired on different networks at various times, from January 3rd of 1934 to the summer of 1947, and the series eventually made the transition to television. Lights Out was one of the earliest radio horror programs predating Suspense and Inner Sanctum. And now to tonight's episode entitled Battle of the Magicians. Lights out, everybody. This is the witching hour. Code of Haiti contains a section promising death to any who create zombies. And if the sober lawmakers of the country believe enough of it to put it into their books of law, well then... But it's impossible to raise the dead, Mr. Saladin. Impossible? I wonder. The folklore of every country is full of tales of bringing the dead back to life, bringing them back to serve the living. There are tales of vampires, ghosts, werewolves, they're superstitions. Surely you don't... Who am I, my dear Irene, to say where truth ends and superstition begins? I, I'd like to know some more about zombies. I've told you all that is known of them. How they are living, yet not living, dead. How they are summoned from the grave by the black magic of some sorcerer. How they must do his bidding until he wearies of them. But must these poor dead people... Well, I mean... It... Isn't there ever any rest for them? Can't they... Can they not die again? Yes, there is a way. Zombies eat, you know, even as human beings do. But only when they are fed. They will not seek food for themselves. And if they eat salt, if anything containing salt so much as passes a zombie's lips, then he must return forthwith to his grave. Oh, but Mr. Sullivan... That's the tale, Irene. I do not make it up. But... Look you. 
these creatures of the darkness, these unholy beings of superstition, they must obey laws. Nature has its laws, so there are laws of the supernatural, immutable laws that all its creatures must obey, even as we creatures of nature must obey ours. You speak of superstition. But superstition is just belief. Huh? It is so. But we have been taught only in recent years to believe in certain things that science has learned. The germ theory of disease, for example. But that's true, Mr. Saladin. Perhaps, yes. I do not deny it. There's ample proof. There's also ample proof of the existence of supernatural beings, if one will take the trouble to look for it. Not proof. Proof, indeed. But, hmm, it appears we have a visitor, I mean. Yes, sir. I'll see who it is, Mr. Saladin. Mr. Joseph Warner, president of Acme Airlines, Mr. Saladin. So? Show him in then, please. Yes, sir. Mr. Saladin will see you, Mr. Warner. Thank you. Good morning to you, Mr. Warner. Yes, Aladdin? Saladin, yes. You're some kind of detective. Some people have been, shall I say, kind enough to describe me as an investigator. I hear that you're good. Thank you. Won't you sit down? And so you have come to consult me about the recent wrecks of your airplanes, Mr. Warner. How did you... Oh, yes, the newspapers, of course. Well, that's right, Mr. Saladin. So? You read about that one yesterday? Yes. Fourteen killed, including the crew of three. Absolutely no explanation for it. Except what you know, Mr. Warner. What? I said except what you know about it. What do you mean You would not have come to me, Mr. Warner, unless... Well, suppose you explain. I'd like to know how you knew that. It is my business, sir. Uh... Yes, Irene? The window washer, Mr. Saladin. Can he come through your office? Very well. One moment, Mr. Warner. Uh, Excuse us, please, I... I gotta get the winners, boy. Hmm. That is a job I would not like very well, I'm afraid, Mr. Warner. But to your business. You uh, received a warning. Hmm? Uh, yes, I received. How did you know that? I have some knowledge of the ways in which Doctor Ehrlich works, Mr. Warner. Ehrlich. That's that's the name. I was rather certain. You may read the letter. It was a letter, I assume. Uh, yes. There were two of them. The first one a week ago. It said, Miss Dr. Ehrlich had need of $100,000, and the letter warned if I didn't come across, one of our ships would be wrecked. And you assume this was a, what does one say, a crank letter, and did nothing about it? That's right. We get a lot of fool letters. And because you took that attitude, 14 people are dead. Horribly dead. Yes. You said there were two letters. Here's the other one. Mm -hmm. Today, the tornado. Take warning. And Alec's signature. The tornado was the name of the airplane that crashed. Yes, John Elliott was piloting it. The oldest, safest pilot on the line. I can't understand it. I can, Mr. Warner. You can? Tell me, when did you receive this letter? About five minutes before the flash came that the tornado had crashed. He timed it very well. Uh, yes, I... Did you make any effort to trace this letter? No, I... 
Well, there was so much excitement around the office. Of I... course. And so what do you wish me to do? I haven't given this to the police, Mr. Saladin. I, we, well, the publicity, you know. People would think it's easy to smash one of our airliners. You understand? Yes. You wish me to find Alec. To... What you do with him, Mr. Saladin, is no concern of mine. Provided no more such things occur. Mr. Warnham, I know Alec of old. His life is forfeit a thousand times older. But he, you yourselves, have an old proverb. First catch your Alec. You catch him, Saladin. It'll be worth your while. Yes. Yes, it will be very much worth my while, my friend. Can you get to work at once, Mr. Saladin? I... Well, you can understand we're uh, upset. I understand. I promise nothing, Mr. Warner, except that I will try. No man may do more. Oh, that's all that I can ask. You'll go after him, then? It is agreed. Good. You, uh, have a cigar, ma- What's this? Uh, Let me see that. Uh, Let me see it. How the devil did that get in my pocket? Huh. Read it yourself, Mr. Warner. Oh, yes, sir. You have been very foolish to go to Saladin. Now, your fate is sealed. I will destroy your airplanes one by one. And when the time comes, yourself. I have fought with Saladin before, he well knows. This time is the last, Eric. So, my friend, you have brought upon yourself. He knows. How, how could he? Down, down on the floor, quick! Saladin, I think. But what? what Our delightful what? friend, the window washer. I just caught sight of. Let us see what has happened. Good Lord, Saladin! Do you think of it? A crowd gathers in the street below. Morbid gazers on sudden death. Saladin. Thank you, Irene. If you are ready. You... You won't hurt me, Mr. Saladin. I give you my word, Irene. I'm afraid. You need have no fear. No harm can come to you while I live. I do want to help you, Mr. Saladin. Only Listen to me one moment, Irene. Of 50 girls who applied for this position, I selected you. I've not told you why. No, I... I never could understand. It was for one reason, Irene. You have the little, oh, so very little, psychic spark that is lacking in all the other ones who came. You do not know it yourself, but Saladin knows. I must use you, but I shall not unless you consent wholeheartedly. I'll do it, Mr. Saladin. I trust you. You will not lose by it, my child. Look, then, we have a little time. Sit here. Sit comfortably. So. Now we begin. Look into the crystal. Look deep into it, my child. Say over and over to yourself. Early. 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 
Go and seek out the soul of Eric the magician while he sleeps. Go and find him, Irene. Find Eric. Find Eric. Search deep in the crystal globe. Saladin that calls Elik. What do you want, Saladin? You will tell me where I shall find you, Elik. No. I shall not. You will tell Elik. No. I am master of your soul that wanders now while your body sleeps, Elik. You will tell me where to find you. I will not. Tell me. No. No. Tell me. In the tower, in the tower, I will not tell more. You will, Alec. Tell me. In the tower, the highest tower of all. Ah. And where is it, this tower? I will not tell more. I will not. Tell, Alec. I will not. I will not tell. I say you shall, Alec. I will not tell... Beware. Your power wanes now, Saladin. Be sure you will not remember what you have told Alec when you awake. I will remember. By the five names I commanded, Alec, you will not remember. I will not remember. Awake now, Irene. Awake, Irene. Awake. Are you all ready now, Mr. Saladin? Just sit quietly and rest, my child. So, Eric, I think perhaps we shall have a little talk together. LeBlanc in Suite 5. Radio check, please. KCT to LeBlanc in Suite 5 on the line. Okay. LeBlanc to KCT. How are you, Shorty? KCT to LeBlanc. Okay, Frenchy. Who's your pilot today? LeBlanc to KCT. I do not know yet. Charlie Butler is sick all of a sudden. That is what I wait for. KCT to LeBlanc. Better see your records are straight before you take off, Frenchy. LeBlanc to KCT. <laughs> that is not my business, Shorty, my friend. I am just co-pilot. I pull up the landing gear, I sometimes land. I just go along for the ride. KC, Tito LeBlanc. Okay, Frenchie. Jazz your motors when your pilot's ready. I'll check you off. That's all, KCT. Are you the co-pilot on huh? this trip? Uh, are you... You scare me a little bit. Yes, sir. You are pilot? I am the pilot... Yes. We are ready to take off. We are ready long time. Uh, your papers are all right? The manifest is all right. Yes. I am uh, Francie Leblanc. Yes. Hmm. Well. KCT to the blank on the line. 
Okay to take off. Ceiling unlimited. Visibility unlimited. Temperature 44. Dew point 28. Barometer 29-90. Okay to take off. KCT to LeBlanc. Bye. LeBlanc to KCT. Merci, Shorty. I see you Thursday. LeBlanc to KCT. Bye. Happy landings, Frenchy. Only one, monsieur. You want to take off, eh? I will take off. Yes. We, we, voila. Up here. Up here, sir. You have checked everything, LeBlanc. We have checked everything. We are all right. Just long buggy ride. Ten passengers, mail, express. Right. How do you like this plane, huh? All right. Excuse me, I, I do not think I catch your name, please. My name is Art. Edward Art. I am pleased to meet you, Monsieur Art. Uh, oh, you, you know what? I, I think I remember that name. There was a pilot named Art that died two weeks ago on east end of the line. Is that so? Oui, it is so. He's a relative of you, Monsieur? No, he is not relative. So? Uh, you like me to fly here a little while? No. I am pilot of this ship. I will do the flying. Ça va, Monsieur. believe you will win, Alec. No. I do, my dear enemy. I have not time now to find out you learned where my laboratory is. But there is time enough for that. It is simple enough, Alec. You talked in your sleep, you see. I, I remember now. I knew I had dreamed. But I forbade you to remember, Alec. Yeah, well, one little victory... I've waited a long time for this, Saladin. Yes, and failed a great many times. I will not fail this time. What is written is written. I should be interested in how you caused that airplane to grass yesterday, Alec. Yes. <laughs> it was so simple, Saladin. I am amazed at a man of your attainment. I think I know. Well, I shall show you very soon. You will not tell anyone about it, I think. I wonder. They... They said there was no clue to the crash, Saladin. Yes. Would you like to know how? I think I know. Oh? Well, you too know something of black magic? I know a great deal of black magic, my friend. Shall I show you? I... Are, are you afraid of snakes, Saladin? No, Eric. Let us see. This bit of paper. Twist it. So, and you see it is but paper, Saladin. But now, look at it. 
Cobra. You are clever, Alec. But look now. Harmless paper again. <laughs> I am not entirely powerless, Alec. Even though my hands are bound. How did you? I thought that only one man in the world. Perhaps I am the man, Alec. Look the paper closely again. I fear I underestimate. <laughs> you see? It really is a snake, Alec. Curse you! I'll have your heart for that. Perhaps. But perhaps you had better get to your zombies again. Zombies? How did you know? It is possible that I read your mind, Alec. So. Well, you have guessed it. I told that fool Warner that I would smash every one of his planes. Now, even now, he is about to lose another. So? And how do you propose to do it, may I ask? <laughs> Read my mind, Sanity. You challenge me? Yes. Very well, then. I read this. A living dead man is at the controls of the ship you intend to destroy. <clears throat> I do not know how you propose to control him. Ah, radio. <clears throat> so he is to crash the ship full of passengers near an airport where all can see. I wonder... Salad Dean, until now I have regarded you as a meddler. A man foolishly staking his life against great odds. I am not so sure of the odds now. Saladin, you and I... No, Alec. Between you and me, there can be nothing but enmity. We are set apart to fight one another forever. Between us, we could rule the world. Tomorrow, Saladin. No, between us, there is always war. Well, so be it, then. But look for no mercy from me. I will kill you as I would a rat, Saladin. Agreed, if you can. Leblanc in 25. Leblanc in 25. To Chicago. Special weather report, please. Leblanc in 5. Bye for Chicago. So, the first contact. That is the ship, then? That is the ship, yes. That did not sound like the voice of a zombie, Alec. No. <laughs> that is Miller, the co-pilot. He does the bidding of my dead man. So, and now a little drama begins. Will you listen? It is your drama. Now. Quite so, my friend. I must get to work. Alec, calling pilot up in trip five. Back me airline. Alec, calling pilot up in trip five. Back me airline. Art in trip five. I hear you. Give your position. Five miles southeast of Chicago. Good. You will do as I tell you. I will do as you tell me. Who is speaking, please? What is enough from you? Be silent. Yes, sir, but... You are under pilot art's orders, LeBlanc. You will do as you are told. Who are you, Sacramento? Silent. Yes, sir, but... Yes, sir. Now, up. When you arrive above the Chicago airport, you are to circle the field three times full motor. I am to circle the field three times full motor. And then when I give the word, you are to climb to 2,000 feet. I am to climb to 2,000 feet. And then I will tell you when. You will tell me when. And you will dive the ship full motor into the ground in the center of the field. I will dive the ship full motor into the center of the field. That is all. I know. Who is it that makes the... Silence it. Oh. <laughs> 
You have thought of everything else. <laughs> yes, this pilot, he died two weeks ago. I secured his body. You add grave robbery to your other crimes. But of course, I must have one that was a pilot. And he obeys without question, you see. So far, yes. But you have not won yet. I am close enough, Saladin. I wonder. Hut, report your position. Southwest of Chicago Airport. I can see the field. Good. You are ready? I am ready. Your co-pilot? He is here. He will not interfere. <laughs> report when you are over the field. I will report when I am over the field. Alec, what would you do if I told your zombie what to do? Hut. You are to obey only Alex's command. I will obey only Alex's commands. Do you mind if I talk to him? Go ahead and try. Leblanc? Leblanc? Of course. Do you hear me, Leblanc? I hear you. Est-ce que vous avez un morceau de serre? De serre, monsieur? De serre, oui. Peut-être, monsieur, mais pourquoi? Stop. What did you say to him, Saladin? Why? You do not speak French, then, Alex? I... Of course, certainly. Then you know that I asked him merely if there was anything he could do. And he replied that he could not. Well, of course. I, but why did you... I'm afraid that you are about to win, Ellen. Ah, you admit it, then. I am sorry. It is too late now. It is too late, Saladin. I offered to join forces with you once. But now I am the master. Art reporting. I am over Chicago Airport now. Good. Begin your circle. I will begin my circles. Now, friend Saladin, we shall see. Perhaps we shall even hear the scream, the dying screams of the passengers in this doomed ship. It is a wonderful invention, this radio. True magic. Yes, it is true magic. You will tell me when you are ready, Eric. I will tell you. Make your circle. I am making a circle. Do they see you on the field below? Many people are coming out to watch. Good. We will give them a show. <laughs> we will give them a show. Leblanc? Leblanc? Oui, monsieur. <laughs> you may speak to him as you wish, Saladin. It is too late now, and he is powerless. Yes, I am afraid so, but... Leblanc, avez-vous de sel? Oui, monsieur. Il y a des petits grès ici de mon déjeuner, mais pourquoi... Écoutez. Le pilote, c'est un loup-garou. Ah, c'est vrai, monsieur, mais... Écoutez, mettez le sel sur ses lèvres, dans sa bouche, comprenez, vitement. <laughs> There is nothing you can do, Leblanc. Hot, are you ready? I am ready. Vitement, vitement, Leblanc. Here, Mr. Hot, taste a little of the salt. Salt? What have you... Listen. Take over, Mr. Leblanc. What? I take over... My work is done. Hot! Hot! Come back! Come back, I say! No. My work for you is done. I go now. I go home. Come back. Come back! Come back, I say! Monsieur, I wish just in time, monsieur. So, you did it, eh, Saladin? I did it, yeah. So... Well, you have beaten me again. But this time... It is late, Alex. You think so? You do not know, Alex. I know that... Oh, you're very poor! 
You are too late, gentlemen. I doubt that even Alec could survive a 40 story fall. Monsieur! Where are you, monsieur? Where are you? I am here, Leblanc. What happened? Monsieur, when I did put the sword at his lips, as you tell me of what he did say to me, take over. Yes, we heard him. Is the plane all right? It is under control. I, I am circling. Where is off? Where is the pilot? I do not know. He left his seat and went up. I'm a one. Somebody is going to fly. Leblanc. What is it? It is a cabin door. Someone has opened it. Ah! Ah! What happened? Monsieur, the pilot is in Jopdat. He is falling. He is going to land on the long runway. Lebon, is your plane still all right? Yes. I am all right. But I, I cannot land now. You, you understand. I, I will circle until I contact the control tower. Of course, Lebon. What is happening on the field? People are running out toward the... Oh, dear, I... I... Quick, Lebron, what is it? I do not believe what my eyes see. That broken dead body on the runway. Every bone in it must be smashed, but... but... Yes, Lebron, what is it? That body, monsieur. It is crawling toward the cemetery that stands beside the field. Turn them on now. You have just heard Lights Out. In tonight's cast, you heard Everett Clark as Saladin, Tony Parrish as Alec, Meg Hahn as Irene, Duke Watson as Mr. Werner, Boris Aflon as Ott, Nathan Davis as LeBlanc, and Ernest Andrews as the radio operator. Stay tuned for Lucille Ball and My Favorite Husband, next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball. It's time for My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball. Hello, everybody. Yes, it's the Gay Family Series, starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning. Transcribed and brought to you by the Jell-O family of Red Letter Desserts. The big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. That's Jell-O. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O puddings. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O tap. The Oka puddings. Yes, sirree. And now Lucille Ball with Richard Denning as Liz and George Cooper. Two people who live together and like it. <laughs> As we look in on the Coopers this morning, they're at breakfast. And from the way Liz is looking at George, she is either madly in love or has some ulterior motive in mind. George. Hmm? You look so pretty in that blue shirt. Now stop the flattery, because you're not getting that new dress that's advertised in the paper. Oh, did you see the ad? Yes. Someone had cleverly pasted it on the bathroom mirror. <laughs> oh, those stores will do anything to sell merchandise. They're shameless. Yeah, well, George, now that fate has stepped in and brought the dress to your attention, may I buy it to wear to the club dance Saturday? It's only eighty nine fifty. <laughs> Please, Liz, not while I'm drinking coffee. Eighty-nine fifty for one dress? 
Well, maybe I could do without the stole. Then it would only be sixty-nine fifty. Twenty dollars for that 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 roller towel with fringe? <laughs> it happens to be crocheted with gold tassels on it. It's a steal. I thought it was a stole. <laughs> oh, never mind. Do I get it? I'll give you three to answer yes. One, two, three. Four, five, six. <laughs> Seven, eight. Save nine. your breath, Liz. Oh, I'm going to get that dress, George Cooper, by hook or crook. Well, it'll have to be by crook. You're not going to hook me for it. <laughs> okay, you're forcing me into a life of crime. I'm going upstairs and get my burglar's mask and a bobby. Jimmy. You burgle your way and I'll burgle mine. Goodbye. <laughs> See you in jail. I'll get it, Katie. Liz, girl, hello. <laughs> oh, hi, Iris. Come on in. Sit down. Well, apparently I've stumbled into the nest of the bluebird of happiness. <laughs> What's eating you? Oh, George won't let me have the new dress for the dance Saturday. I'll have to go in my old green dress. I've worn that three times. Five, but who counts? <laughs> go on, make jokes. Look. You come along with me, Liz, and you'll forget all about your troubles. Where are you going? To a radio broadcast. Everybody wins with Happy Hal Brubaker. Oh, that sounds ginger peachy. Come on. Maybe you'll win enough money to buy a new dress. Well, I... Who knows? Maybe you'll even be chosen queen for the morning. <laughs> queen for the morning? Uh-huh. It's only a local show. They can't afford to make you queen for the whole day. Oh. <laughs> Quiet, everybody. We're going on the air. This is exciting, Liz. No, I don't know what I'm doing here. Once again, it's time for Everybody Wins. And here's your MC, Happy Hal Brubaker. Hello, 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 hello! <laughs> Welcome to Everybody Wins. We're going to have a lot of fun and give away some wonderful prizes. In fact, we have twice as many prizes as usual today, because on last week's Everybody Wins, nobody won. <laughs> Why don't they call it Everybody Loses? Why don't you keep your big mouth shut? And here's a word from our sponsor. Grandma Grimes dares them all. Yes, Grandma Grimes, our sponsor, dares you to make this experiment. Take a mouthful of Grandma Grimes cold cream. And now close your mouth and exhale it slowly through your nose. And now try the same test with your own brand of cold cream. If you notice a difference, write and tell us, as we've never found anyone who can do this test. And now for the goody part of our show. Our first contestant today is going to be the redhead in the audience with the reddest hair. And here's our winner in the first row. <laughs> 
Me? To you. Oh, but maybe someone has redder hair than mine. Oh, come now. Why are you kidding, sister? What do you mean? At home, I'm a redhead. Next to you, I'm a brunette. <laughs> you must give a hen a rinse, a hen a rinse. Yeah, come on up here, madam. You have a chance to win $500. I don't care. No one can talk to me like $500? Yeah, that's right. Come right up here on the stage. Oh. Now, if you can answer a question correctly, you win. Uh, what's your name? Mrs. George Cooper. That's right, and you win $500. <laughs> I do? Iris, I can get that dress now. You bet you can, and here's your money. Oh, thank you. But there's one little catch to it. What's that? In order to keep this check for $500, you have to cash it. Oh, that's all right. In the next 25 minutes. Oh. You have to be back here with the money before the program is over. Come on, Iris, let's go to the bank and get... Uh, one more thing. What is it? You're wasting my time. You have to cash the check without telling anyone it's a stunt for everybody wins. Oh, you can trust me. <laughs> I'm sure I can. <laughs> but we hired someone to go along with you, and it would be a shame to cheat him out of a job. Oh. Here he is. Now, if you start to say the wrong thing, he'll say... Ah, ah, ah. Yes, he will. <laughs> All right, Mrs. Cooper, you'd better get going. Now, you have 23 minutes to get the $500. <laughs> well, there's no hurry, Mr. Brubaker. I haven't really been fair with you. I should have told you. My husband is a banker, and I can go right down to the bank and cash this check. <laughs> Hey, Mrs. Cooper, I haven't been very fair either. This program went on the air at 3 o'clock, and that's when the banks closed. Ah! Well, don't just sit there, Iris. Start running. We have to get to the bank before they leave. Oh, I hope they haven't gone. So do I. Oh, good. There's a guard inside the door. See? I, uh, I've never seen that one before. No. Open the door, please. <laughs> He's shaking his head and pointing to the clock. I know what time it is. Open the door. Open this door. Uh, but listen, he's trying to say something. You have to send a status bar on the down to the breakfast of orders. <laughs> what? You have to send a status bar to me, but it's the <laughs> What did he say? Either I'm not a good lip reader or he's using some pretty strong language. Oh, I see George in there. You, George! George, we've got to get in. We've got to check. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, I forgot about our watchdog. <laughs> oh, George sees you. Here he comes. Hey, what's going on here? Liz, Iris. George, dear, would you cash a check for me? Well, if I have it on me, uh, how much do you want? Five, ten? Five hundred dollars. Well, I don't know if... Five hundred dollars. Yes, and hurry, please. Five hundred dollars? Oh, now, where would you get... Liz, you, you weren't serious about that burglary business this morning. This this isn't forged, is it? Look, George, I have to get back in 25 minutes. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, sorry. Uh, what's this? Oh, George, meet Mr. Uh-uh-uh. Uh-uh-uh, this is my husband, George. Uh, how do you do? Oh, uh, what's the trouble, George boy? 
For Liz, Lotus Bud. Oh, Rudolph, thank goodness you're here. Would you please cash this check for Liz? Why, I'd be glad to. Oh, Rudolph, you're a lamb. You're just a lamb. You bring it in as soon as the bank opens in the morning. <laughs> Ay, you old goat. <laughs> important. And why, pray? Well, you see, Iris and I went down to the... Ah. Oh, I'm sorry. What's this all about, Liz? If I can just cash this check in the next... Uh, uh, uh. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Liz, we've spent ten minutes already. <laughs> Mr. Atterbury, cash this check for me, please. Sorry, Liz. Give me one good reason why. I'll tell you exactly why I can't cash this check. You see? Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> what do you mean? I got carried away. <laughs> there is a state law that banks close at three o'clock. Even if I wanted to cash the check, I couldn't. Iris, look. Right over there on that table. Money. Stacks and stacks of beautiful green money. I see it. I'm going to take one of those $500 bills. Oh, no, you're not. Oh, yes, I am. All right, everybody. This is a stick-up. Raise your hands and line up against the wall. <laughs> Liz. I'll shoot the first one that tries to stop me. Liz. Put your hands up. All right. Now, may I finish? Yes. You haven't got a gun. Oh, I thought it was too easy. We're wasting time, Liz. How much time have we got left? Twelve minutes. Come on, oh. there's plenty of places to cash checks besides banks. Okay, let's go. Thanks a lot, you big misers. As we look in on the Coopers again, Liz and Iris have just left the bank to try to find another place to cash the $500 check from Everybody Wins, which Liz can keep if she can cash it in the next 15 minutes. George and Mr. Atterbury prepare to return to their work. George, boy, have the other employees gone home? Yes. Good. We can turn on the radio. I wouldn't want anyone to know we go over the books with Arthur Godfrey. <laughs> for being such a good sport and jumping off the high ladder with an umbrella. <laughs> you missed the mattress so you don't get a prize. <laughs> Thanks anyway, and we hope that little old leg of yours mends soon. Oh, God, boy, that's that awful happy Hal Brubaker. Well, folks, we still haven't heard from Mrs. George Cooper. Mrs. George Cooper? I guess she's having more trouble than she thought with that check for $500, which she can keep if she cashes it. Oh, yeah! <laughs> That's why Liz couldn't tell us what it was. You numbskull! Why didn't you cash it for her? Why didn't I? Well, why didn't you, you big fat dope? <laughs> what? Sir? <laughs> 
with money, boy. We've got to find those girls. Where will we go, Iris? Where will we go? There, right down the street. See that sign? Where? Do you need money? Hmm? Oh, yes. That's the first time I ever saw hmm in neon. <laughs> Let's go in. I'll borrow 500 and cash your check for you. Okay. Ah, good afternoon. Do you need money? Hmm? Uh, yes. Yes. I'd like to borrow $500, please. Of course. Just put your signature here. Oh, there. Fine. And now we count out one, two, three, four, five one hundred dollar bills. Is that all? That's all. My goodness. I certainly was mistaken about places like this. Of course you were. Now I deduct the interest and the carrying charges, and here's your money. Fourteen dollars and thirty-two cents. <laughs> what? And you pay us back at the rate of $50 a week for 36 weeks. $14? She has to give me $500. Oh, why didn't you say so? If you want $500, you have to borrow $13,000. Skip it. We don't need money that bad. Come on, Iris. Well, how much time do we have left? Six minutes. We're dead. No, we have one more chance. Old Mr. Trimble at the grocery. He'll cash it for me if he's got it. Good. It, look out. What? Step back in the doorway, Liz. Well, what's the matter? Look, running down the street, George and Rudolph. Oh, that's all we need. If they find us, they'll make us tell them where we got the check, and that'll kill the rest of our time. Quick, into the taxi at the curb. Okay. Where? Trimble's grocery store driver. As fast as you can go. You've got to help me. Mrs. Cooper and Mrs. Atterbury. Oh, how nice to see you. Hi. Hi, hi. Mr. Trimble, will you cash a check for me? Why, sure. Oh, say, Mrs. Cooper, I'm glad you dropped in. Thank you. You know that eggplant I sold you last week? Yes. How did that cook up? Oh, fine. Now, here's the you check. You know, I was worried about that. <laughs> when you left the store, I said to Martha... And that's my wife, Martha. Yes, I know. Martha, I said I shouldn't have sold Mrs. Cooper that eggplant. It was a mite mushy. Yeah, well, it was fine. Look, I want you to cash a check for me, and I'm in a terrible hurry. Oh, well, why didn't you say so? If you're in a hurry, you shouldn't stand there jawing. <laughs> I think his head's a mite mushy. <laughs> Uh, here's the check, Mr. Trimble. Do you think you can cash it? Yeah, let me see. Oh, sure, I can handle this. Oh, good. We done a big business today. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get in the cash drawer here. <gasps> That's to tell me when anyone's in the cash drawer. <laughs> now, let me see here. Mm-hmm. Ten, twenty, thirty, and fifty. That's one. One fifty. Two. Two fifty. Three. Three Please, I'll get all mixed up. Let's see now. 
I guess we may as well give up and go back to the station. Well, we lost them, Mr. Atterbury. They got into that cab, all right. Oh, those idiots. Oh, what'll we do now? What time is it? Uh, 27 minutes past three. We still have three minutes. Let's go down to the radio station and see if they're there. is Mrs. Fruhauser, who ate 16 pies. <laughs> Your prize, Mrs. Fruhauser, is a deluxe dinner, all you can eat at the fanciest restaurant in town, and you can use it any time before tomorrow morning. <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, here comes Mrs. Cooper. Let's see if she cashed that check and gets to keep the $500. How about a hand for her? <laughs> well, Mrs. Cooper, how'd you make out? I didn't. I still have the check. Oh, that's a shame. Well, you have two whole minutes left. Whoopee. <laughs> now, don't give up. Maybe someone in our studio audience will cash it for you. Oh, sure. Well, everybody who has $500 in his pocket, please stand up. That's what I thought. <laughs> well, you still have a minute and a half. Can't you think of something to do? I certainly can. Here's what I'm going to do. Please don't tear up the check. Why not? I might as well have the satisfaction. There. I will now throw 500 bucks worth of confetti into the orchestra. Here you are, boys. Spend it wisely. In one minute you go. To go where? Liz! 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 Oh, there you are. Thank goodness. We're in time. We've got the money. Here. $500. Oh, no! Well, well, where's the check? Uh, check? Yes, yes. Where is it? Uh, there, sprinkled among the band members. You, you tore up the check? I didn't think I could cash it anywhere. Forty-five seconds to go. Oh. Don't stand there sniveling. Pick up the pieces. We'll glue it back together. Forty seconds. The Irish joint players, get busy. Into the band. Into the band. the man who went along with you if he could cash the check. What do you 
do you mean? He had $500 with him all the time with instructions to cash the check if you asked him. Why, you dirty... Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> oh, that's the dirtiest trick I ever heard of. Oh, I'm a meanie. I'm sorry I don't have anything for you. Well, I have something for you. Take this. No! <laughs> It was worth $589.50. You mean I... Yes, go ahead and buy yourself that new dress. Oh, George, you're my very favorite husband. Yes, Lucille, what's the score tonight? Tonight, Robert, I'm going literary. I am a famous and cultured lady novelist, and you are interviewing me on the socio-political implications of my latest manuscript. A little implication music, Wilbur. (laughs) How do you do? Hello there. I'm looking for the famous novelist Elizabeth Doppelfinger Hoppenschmeiss. <laughs> Elizabeth Doppelfinger Hoppenschmeiss? Yes. Uh, speaking. You? Yes, I am she. Well, I want to talk to you about your new novel. Uh, oh, yes. And what was the name of that? <laughs> Well, as near as I can pronounce it, it's Gravznik Plods Trotnikrol. That's right. <laughs> oh, well, how did you arrive at that title? Uh, well, hmm. Are we alone? Yes. <laughs> I got my fingers one key too far over on the typewriter. <laughs> No. Yes. It was supposed to be Jello wins again. Well, tell me, how do you get the ideas for your novels? Well, it isn't easy. I think I think of a good picture for the book cover, and then I I write a story around it. Oh. Yes. Uh, For instance, if you would like me to uh, extemporize. Please do. Oh, thank you. Well, now, take you. Ooh, that's a good idea. Come here. Now, just... Strictly business, huh? Well, what would you like to see more than anything else on a book cover? A bowl of jello. You would? 
Yes, Jell-O with its six delicious flavors. Strawberry, raspberry, cherry, orange, lemon, and lime. Uh, yes. Jell-O but... that makes you think of the real ripe fruit itself. <laughs> you don't have a feel for the romantic novel. <laughs> uh, kiss me. Mm. <laughs> now, what would you like to see? Jell-O, because the flavor is locked in and can't get out with your first delectable spoonful. Jell-O with the big red letters on the box. Oh, he's a stubborn one, isn't he? (laughs) Kiss me again. Now, look, you can kiss me from now until doomsday and you won't be able to change my mind. Who cares? Think of the fun I'll have trying. You have been listening to My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning, and based on characters created by Isabel Scott Rorick. Tonight's transcribed program was produced and directed by Jess Oppenheimer, who wrote the script with Madeline Pugh and Bob Carroll, Jr. Original music was composed by Marlon Skiles and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. Be sure to listen to Lucille Ball in My Favorite Husband again next week, presented by... Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. That's Jell-O. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O puddings. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O tap. The Oka puddings. Yes, sirree. Bob Lamont speaking. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, we'll wrap up the week with The Saint, followed by The Aldridge Family. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. Stay tuned for Ziggy and Stardust, next on Zoomer Radio. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.